You're listening to the Today's Conveyancer podcast, the leading source of information for residential property lawyers in England and Wales. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todaysconveyancer.co.uk. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Hello, welcome along to the latest Today's Conveyancer podcast. It's a bit of a special edition, this one, because we're talking about the latest landmark property trends report, which was released in the last week. And it's a bit of an insight into what's happening in the property market. There's a bit of conjecture from all corners as to quite what on earth is going on. So it's useful to have the report, useful to have my guests today, uh, Ben Robinson, who is the managing director of Landmark Estate Agency Services, and Rob Gurney, who's the managing director of Oakrosoft, which is also a landmark business. Thank you both chaps for joining the podcast. Thanks, David. So we're going to talk about the report in just a second, but the first thing I'd like you both to do, Rob, it's probably fair to say that Oakrosoft is relatively familiar to people who listen to today's conveyancer, but worth a quick catch up on that. Ben, Landmark Estate Agency Services probably does what it says on the tin. It's a bit Ron Seal, I suspect, but if you could tell us a little bit about yourself initially, please, and then tell us a bit about Estate Agency Services, please. So Rob Gurney, as uh, you've already mentioned, uh, Managing Director of Oakersoft. I've uh, been in the post for just over three years now. Prior to that, I was a property lawyer for about two decades. Oakersoft, for those people that, that don't know, is a case management software supplier to the legal industry. Um, we supply workflows systems for uh, conveyancing lawyers and also private client lawyers in England and Wales. Thank you, Rob. And uh, Ben? Yeah, uh, I say Ben Robinson. I'm Managing Director of One Market State Agency Services. It is pretty Ron Sill, as you say, David. Uh, I've been uh, with One Market State Agency Services about five years, um, just over actually. Uh, following the acquisition of the company who helped build uh, Etsos, that may be more familiar to some of the solicitors out there. Um, I also have a, an interest in a, an estate agency, a family-based firm for my sins, so always interesting how we can make their lives easier and, and leads us there to do that. So we help with the onboarding of property and people to the property market. So we're, we operate right at the start um, and we provide things like verification checks, data upfront, floor plans, and uh, we help about 40% of the properties that come to market be onboarded. Really useful introductions. Thank you both. The topic of the discussion today is the latest property trends report, which Landmark has been publishing now for a little while. Rob, can you remind me how long that is? Yes, um, we started at the beginning of 21, so we're just over two years old of in terms of reporting. So the topic of conversation today is the property trends report that's recently been released. Rob, might be helpful in the first instance just to go through what the property trends report is what it tells us as you know landmark is made up of multiple business units and all of them have sort of various touch points um, within the the property transaction life cycle so we have lots of interesting data and information uh, across you know all of the the, the different areas that we're, we're discussing today so the reports put together you know brought together by all of those business units combining their intelligence just to sort of see what the health of each part of of the transaction um, is uh, at the current point. So all the way from, as Ben will explain, property listing data, uh, monitor SSTCs, searches being ordered, 
uh, all the way through to uh, legal completion of conveyancing transactions. Ben, tell us a bit about what's happening in the market at the moment from a, a listings point of view, because there's a lot of doom and gloom out there. Listings has always been sort of the lifeblood of the property market, hasn't it? So tell us some good news, please. So it, it is actually quite good news um, from a listings point of view, a supply point of view. I think when you track the reports over the last few years since lockdown, listings have been in a relatively odd state in that actually, uh, in comparison to demand, they were pretty level, whereas you would normally see demand be slightly lower than listings, somewhere around mid 70%. It's been up over 90%. And we saw that creep down over last year of, as the sort of pent up demand of lockdown, of course, finance becoming more expensive, it started to find somewhat imbalance and then um, with, with the changes that happened at the start of Q4 last year, um, that dropped relatively rapidly, but generally that's driven just by uncertainty until people get used to the new norm and it finds a balance, the, the affordability, the price. Um, and obviously Rob could talk about the more downstream stuff, but in terms of listings, logic would then dictate that that would come back first when people are willing to make a move and what we saw in q1 of this year was actually them start relatively subdued which is probably to be expected when you've struggled with a bit of uncertainty pre-crisis people waiting to make a decision but actually by the end of the quarter they were back at relatively normal levels matching 2019 and then up on where we've seen post lockdown because again listings or supply would be fairly restricted against demand and so you'd hope all being equal and, and finding balance downstream with affordability again that that will then drive conveyancing volumes number of months uh, down the flow so we are seeing more listings now we are seeing the standing stock increase that, that's on the market and uh, hopefully that's uh, a sign for better times to come listeners will be able to get a hold of this report and they'll see a that, that upward trend starting really in January of, of this year. What reassurance is there that that trend is going to continue? What are we seeing happening in the market? Because there has been this stock issue, massive stock issue. There's been this pricing rebalance. And of course, what you're starting to see is, is prices come down a touch as well. What reassurance is there that this upward trend is going to continue, Ben? Obviously, I've got to crystal ball so it's difficult to say it's definitely going to continue what i would say is anecdotally so we speak to lots of agents and they're seeing uh, lots of activity on the ground i think that's the first indicator i think the other side is the lease and boarding experience often a lot of it is done before the property comes to the market and this is driven by our numbers so actually that might be two weeks a month ahead that people start preparing for the property and these numbers are looking good certainly post easter so i do suspect at least for the short term we should see um, supply continue to be relatively healthy um, of course it's got to find the balance for demand to, to catch back up but certainly supply seems to be um, you know uh, relatively normal and actually take that reference point of 2019 if we will just because it's before uh, the COVID era um, of what perhaps normal looks like, it does seem to be following almost exactly the same pattern. And actually the strength of demand as a ratio is is pretty similar to that year. Um, so I actually think a lot of what we're seeing are a return to relative normality after a crazy couple of years. Rob, you've alluded to the fact that Landmark has got a number of business units with interests in different parts of the transaction. What's happening downstream if there's a, a slight increase in demand, what we're hoping is that that's going to ultimately lead to more transactions. 
in an ideal world that's that's exactly it you should see um, an increase in listings sort of trickle into an increase in conveyancing instructions which is when obviously the the deal is done and and, and lawyers get instructed um you know, all the way through to completion but of course there's a, a quite a substantial you know, lag in those um you know th- those sort of transactions moving from from start to finish from my perspective, there is some good news, but there's some not so great news as well in terms of you know where we are in comparison. If you look at 2019, uh, as Ben says, as our sort of not last normal year of, of of trading, it's fair to say that we're still you know currently running quite a bit lower than than 2019 levels in terms of tran- number of transactions. But yeah, if you start looking at trends, which is obviously what the report is all about, property trends, the sold subject to contracts is increasing steadily as well. And it has been since um, hitting pretty much rock bottom in December um, last year. So if you know, you can see sort of January, February, March, there is a nice upward trajectory, which is obviously encouraging. Um, but like I say, the, you, know, you do need to sort of read that in, in terms of um, we're still, I think, 22% below where we were in March 2019 in terms of in terms of new instructions it's positive uh, it, it's going up and it's going up monthly for example in February SSTCs were actually 17% up on the previous month of January and then when you look at March 23 it's again 16% up on February so it's it's you know it's definitely uh, definitely encouraging and we sort of estimate that if that recovery in inverted commas continues by summertime we should be sort of looking at touching, you know, the the previous um, 2019 levels that we that we all sort of are familiar with. And what does this mean in terms of absolute numbers this year? I think a million transactions has been banded around. Is that roughly where you sort of see us landing, or do you think maybe more or less? The jury's still out on on that one, if I'm honest with you, because. Um, in 2019, which is again is, you know, is our base year, you can see that conveyance instructions actually um, peaked in May, and then sort of steadily uh, declined uh, up to Christmas, and then obviously the the Christmas uh, in month of December is always an anomaly in conveyancing land. Instructions kind of fall off a cliff, but at the same time, completions, um, despite there only being you know three, let's say three working weeks in the month of December, we still seem to manage to have a bumper month in terms of completion numbers which is in itself a bit crazy so i think in order for us to sort of get anywhere near that level the 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 recovery needs to continue talk to me about the length of time it's taking to transact a property from that point of listing through to completion because again anecdotally that's lengthened significantly 22 24 weeks at the moment something like that we talked about SSTC's um, completion numbers. Um, we are now seeing completion numbers to very, very slightly um, start increasing as well. But we all, we all know that there's a, there's a huge lag between um, between uh, lawyers being instructed and, and and completion happening, and that that is getting wider, um, David. So the stats that we have currently is that uh, a sale on average now takes 145 days from instruction to completion, um, purchase just 12 days less. And that is a 49% increase since uh, 2007, which is our first year of sort of tracking that data. So um, a huge increase in the length of time that, that conveyancing transactions take. But in terms of the property trends report, we are seeing 
a slight increase in completion numbers month on month, which is which is good. They've been hugely impacted, of course, by you know, the impact of the mini budget at the end of uh, last year, um, which, you know, there was a huge drop off in instruction numbers as a result of that. And we're now obviously feeling the you know, four or five months after that um, uh, issue hit the market, we're now uh, feeling the effects of that in terms of completions. And I think you know, it's fair to say that we're now just seeing a bit of growth in, in that area as well as pipelines build back up again. I think from an agent's point of view, you know, we are seeing an extension. Everything was selling within a couple of weeks. Now it's perhaps going towards three or four weeks, which again would be relatively normal when you're adding that on to the process of, of um, going through from actual listing for sale um, through to completion. But certainly there's a, a massive extension there. And, and anecdotally outside the report, you know, talking to agents as we do all the time, has been a real challenge in getting the existing pipelines through because people have had to refinance, suddenly can't afford what they thought they could afford. That's where the correction price is coming in. So we've been sort of in an unstable, uncertain period. But actually, as Rob said, pipelines are building again now with the new pricing built in and the new interest rates built in and actually becoming a little bit more certain again. And Ben, what, what are the issues for estate agents when it comes to that lengthening transaction process? Because they don't get paid until the transaction completes. Yeah, um, which sort of highlights the key issue is, you know, as a business for the majority of agents, they don't see any money till the, um, the, the transaction completes. And bearing in mind that, you know, it's a fairly disparate industry with lots of, um, you know, owner operators that keeps them up at night. I mean, any business that uh, uh, needs to pay the bills, you extend an extra month, your pipeline's no higher. And actually, given the uncertainty we've seen over the last six months, although it's finding balance, now uh, their pipelines may well be lower you know again anecdotally so the lower and taking longer that just means less money overall and that's a real stress real pressure for agents you know so you do see then obviously frustration with the process um, rather the people frustration with the process why can't we get it through more quickly um, and that comes from again real financial pressure and worries at the back end that, that they're not going to get enough money in to pay the bills and you've seen that manifest itself in some of the vitriol that's been directed at conveyances in particular. I mean, what can agents be doing perhaps more proactively to help this situation? Yeah, um, that's a really good word, actually, proactively. I think they've got to, first of all, engage a proactive mindset. I think sometimes in agency, perhaps because there's maybe a lack of understanding with everything that's involved, because there's a lot to it, um, there could be a frustration of why is it just not going through more quickly. And of course, in a market, again, at the moment where we've got more uncertainty, you start to see extended chains as well. So sometimes it can feel a little bit hopeless. What can we do? And and then, as you say, that vitriol, people start to blame people when in reality, it's in everybody's interest for properties to go through with speed and certainty, because most of us um, in the industry are paid as and when the property goes through. Um, so everybody's trying to make it happen and to blame people doesn't help. It doesn't solve the problem. It's looking into the process and saying, well, what bits can we help control? And um, from my perspective, um, being landmark, which is great, I get to see sort of all sides of it. And I think um, you know, everybody talks about it, but information up front, what information can agents gather at the start or help gather at the start that might avoid problems down the line? Because remember, there's a big percentage, and I was told, um, perhaps not now, but certainly through the post-COVID years, it was maybe as much as 40% of properties aren't in a chain. So you can get those to go more quickly. And if you're bringing the averages down, 
you're going to be paid sooner. So trying to get information um, up front and, and gather that, put a bit, a bit more effort in before the property is listed. And then, you know, linking that into uh, people, bringing the right people uh, at the right time. So that's linking in solicitors at listing. And I think in markets close by, Scotland, auctions um, in England, Wales, you see speed and certainty. And that's created by the right people being involved at the right time with the right data in the right format. So they can work to do that. And it's then trying to understand the challenges um, and, uh, you know, knock those knock those challenges down one at a time. There's no magic wand, I wouldn't say. And obviously there's the regulatory element, you know, of trading standards and, and this requirement for information up front coming in phases. And actually, as we go through those phases, there becomes a more and more stringent requirement to provide. So actually, there's a logic to do it because you can help speed up your own pipeline and get your money sooner. And there's soon going to be the sort of stick element to it as well, Rob. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's obviously a, a, a very vocal movement um, now towards upfront information and the impact that can have on on the, the subsequent conveyancing process. Two points I want to make is firstly, yeah, it's not just about providing um, upfront information. It's about the comprehensiveness of that information as well, because whether the uh, you know the information is is upfront or not, if it's incomplete, then you know it's going to sort of you know, automatically create delays uh, and uncertainty until that information is complete. So I think there's a definitely a part to play in terms of ensuring the comprehensiveness of the information. If you know you know, that certain documentation or data is going to be required, then supply it and supply it fully, um, because then you know we don't have to chase uh, after that event for it. In terms of the the national trading standards, I mean that's really really interesting from the point of view of when um, the third stage um, of that rollout actually takes place. The understanding is that you know um, sort of full disclosure of of the implications of a legal title will need to be made at the point of property listing, and um, I would suggest that that work is best done by a legal representative rather than by an estate agent. So my guess is that by definition, estate agents will want solicitors, licensed conveyances, to be instructed um, prior to the property sale in order in order to sort of tick that regulatory box. The property lawyer saying that it should be the property lawyer's responsibility to collate this information is hardly a surprise, Rob. But uh, the other issue here is how we share this information most effectively, isn't it? it it's OK for the agent to get this information, but how can we trust it? How can the property lawyer trust it? Because it's not been collected or interpreted by a property lawyer if the agent has collected it and it, there's that whole trust element we see it with ideas well don't we where the there's this move towards trying to create one source of truth around id and and making sure that the process at the first part of the transaction is trustworthy enough to see us through how can we make sure that we're sharing this information properly effectively and it is ultimately improving the efficiency of the transaction yeah, I think it's fair to say that that's where you know technology comes in to, to play its part. Technology is improving all the time and um, lawyers' uptake of um, certain technology solutions is uh, gathering momentum as well. I think that um, there is a part to play uh, in terms of removing a lot of the, the duplication and the inefficiency within a conveyancing transaction by you know efficiently exchanging data amongst all of the the industry partners 
um, sharing that may, perhaps in, you know, in, in a common platform, making the data available to all the parties exactly when they need that data to be made available. Uh, for me, seems like a, a sensible um, and economical way forward. And how much do we include the home mover in that process? Because again, there's this, been this huge drive to make all of this information available to the home mover. And yet anecdotally, they don't need to know or want to know all of that. They just want to know their transactions moving along. Yeah, I think so. Um, there's definitely a, a huge mis mismatch um, between consumer expectation and you know, current reality of, of what happens in a conveyance and transaction. We live in a society where most things are, are click and buy. Um, and then, you know, you, you end up telling a potential property uh, buyer or seller that it's going to take four to five months to move house. And they're quite rightly surprised and disappointed about that. So trying to make the gap between expectation and reality uh, much smaller is, is definitely needs to be, you know, the front and centre of, of, of the agenda of, of all of the parties within within our industry. And we've danced around this a little bit and you've talked about technology, but we're talking at the point at which Landmark have launched a new platform, uh, a sharing platform. Ben, tell us about what Landmark Connect is about. Yeah, so it's a, it's a journey, so a journey of evolution. As we said before, there isn't a magic one that says one thing that we build or anybody builds is going to fix it. But as Rob mentioned earlier on, uh, Landmark already sits across the transaction lifecycle working with people uh, who have got their own page at each stage. So we've got a really good view of of what happens where we already have hundreds of thousands of millions of transactions go through our company in one way or another. So Connect is about trying to connect the different parties to say, well, if you've got data, who else needs it? What data do you need and when? In what format and what language? You said there about the consumer, they might not understand half the things that are, you know they're set on a milestone for a solicitor, but it's got to be right for the right person. And so it's really just about having a completely open, neutral, trusted party to provide that connection that's that's the key word there trust um, who's trusted to do it and and who's trusted to provide it and connect is saying we can provide that conduit through the technology that we've actually already got to provide trusted data to the right person at the right time in the right format to help transactions go through with speed and certainty because let's be fair if we do that um, then everybody wins because we're a transactional business as well and if you move with speed and certainty we're all more confident on our pipelines and i think also, there's an argument where we see it in other countries uh, that it does work more smoothly, that there'll be an uplift in transactions. You mentioned the number early, but if we could uplift to where we used to be, to 1.2, 1.3, 1.5 million transactions, then that helps everybody. And just popping my lawyer hat on just for a moment, from, from the conveyances perspective, getting them back to doing what they're best at and what they enjoy doing most, which is, you know, the legal work is, is definitely you know, key to success. We're not talking about technology changing the process per se, but we're talking about technology um, just assisting and, and, and creating efficiencies um, and perhaps taking away a lot of the administrative work, you know, the chasing of, of, of documentation, the chasing of answers, the chasing of, of data so that the lawyer can get back to doing what they what they're best at doing, what they enjoy doing most. And the, the big challenge with a lot of these platforms and systems is that they tend to be quite closed. Is this a, an open system? Is there going to be interoperability built into it? 
Absolutely. Yeah, it, this is a system that is going to be available to all. It's going to be agnostic of uh, you know, any technology uh, preferences uh, or relationships. Uh, it's 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 going to be open to everyone that wants to use it. Yeah, anything that helps transactions ultimately reduce that that time it takes to move home is going to be beneficial, isn't it? As you say, for, for all for all sorts of reasons. That's as much as we've got time for. It's been really interesting to discuss what's happening. We don't have a crystal ball, unfortunately. It'd be helpful if we did, but at least we've got some ideas as to what's happened previously and how we can project that going forward. Thanks very much indeed to you both for joining the podcast. Thank you, Ben. Thanks, David. Thanks, Rob. Thank you very much. The Today's Conveyancer podcast is available on your preferred podcast provider. It's also available on todaysconveyancer.co.uk. My thanks to Rob. Thank you for listening and we'll see you again soon. You're listening to the Today's Conveyancer podcast, the leading source of information for residential property lawyers in England and Wales. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todaysconveyancer.co.uk. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter.